As we mentioned last week, beginning today, Father and Andrew and I are going to begin a, a homily series talking about the Mass over the next month or so. We won't focus the homily specifically on the readings that the church gives us for the day, but more so just on on catechizing and trying to dig into, again, the mystery of what it is that we celebrate, what it is that we do when we gather here. So often, many of us were born and raised, right, doing this, coming to Mass on Sunday just because it's what we did. And maybe we were taught at some point along the way, hopefully we were, so hopefully a lot of what we say is is just going to be, yeah, I already know that, Father. Praise be Jesus Christ, if that's the answer, right? But, but hopefully, too, there'll be something that we can glean from, from the homilies that will help us to enter more deeply into the mysteries. To draw more closely to Christ um, as He gives Himself to us here in the Mass. One of the other words that we commonly use for Mass is liturgy. Liturgy. The church says that every time the liturgy is celebrated, the work of our redemption is accomplished. Every time the liturgy is celebrated, the work of our redemption is accomplished. What does that mean? What does that mean? Because I thought Christ accomplished our redemption 2,000 years ago. Maybe we've never thought about that before because I've always been in the church. But for someone who's looking outside, right, this is a question that comes up. Why do y'all do what y'all do? Standing and sitting and kneeling and standing and sitting and kneeling and singing. Why do y'all do that? Since Christ, right, accomplished the work of our redemption 2,000 years ago, when he suffered and died and rose and ascended back to the Father. To, to dig into that a little bit, we look at what the word liturgy itself means, besides just what we do here. And that's one of the meanings, that it's, it's a combination of the different the signs and symbols that are used, the rituals that are performed. But on a Another definition of it is, is, is a public work, and it's common usage, especially in, in the time of Christ, when the Gospels were being written. Liturgy was, was kind of like the, the public works, the people that have cleaned the ditches, make sure that the, the streets have the potholes filled in, you know, that, that the, the water lines and stuff are, are clean. That's, that's the liturgy, a public work. taken into the church's understanding, right? And applied to to the sacred things of God, liturgy still has that as its base meaning, right? It is a public work that is done for the people. But with God entering in, it takes on a new dimension, right? It is a public work done on the behalf of the people by God. And so we see there again that, that every time the liturgy is celebrated, the work of our redemption is, comp- is accomplished. Liturgy is a public work 
done on behalf of the people, namely us, everyone who has come before us and everyone who come after us, right, by God. But to understand how it works and what it means for us when we gather here, we go back even further, right, to the Old Testament. Because we all know that we say we, we come together and we pray. We offer the sacrifice of the Mass. We receive Jesus in Holy Communion. We profess, you know, that it's the Paschal mystery that we celebrate. But we have to understand, right, what, what Jesus was doing even when he accomplished the work of our redemption 2,000 years ago. Because he himself was performing a liturgy, certain rites and rituals. And so to understand what he was doing so that we can better understand what we do here, we go back to the time of Moses. Because it was the time of the Passover, right? When the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt and God was preparing to bring them out. To move them from a place of slavery and bondage to freedom. That he told Moses, tell the people, tell the people to procure a lamb, one for each family. A one-year-old male without blemish. They are to sacrifice the lamb. They are to take its blood, put it on the doorpost. They are to eat its flesh. Because tonight I'm going to send my angel to destroy the firstborn of all the sons in Egypt. But when I see the blood, I will know that you belong to me. And thus will Pharaoh let you go. And you will be set free to come into the desert to worship me. So there's a ritual that God instructs Moses to perform as part of his work. So God's the one who's going to be setting the people free. But he doesn't do it without the people's cooperation. He doesn't do it without Moses and the rest of the Israelites playing some role. And, and it's, it's beautiful because it's the Lord respects us. He respects our free will. And right? it's part of our human dignity. And so he gives us the choice, right, to exercise. And so Moses and the Israelites do that. And as a result, they come out. And the Lord says, this, this day, mark this day on your calendar. It is to be the head of your calendar. And you are to celebrate this every year as a memorial for when I bring you out. And as a renewal of the covenant of this bond that I am formed with you. So God is working to free the people. He asks them to participate that they can't just be, be innocent bystanders, they can't just be spectators. They have to engage in God's work. And when they do that, they reap the benefits right, of being led into freedom. And then they're instructed to do that every year, to remember and to renew. To remember what God did for them and to renew the covenant that was established with him. 
recognizing that it's through that covenant that they, right, they are then privileged to receive the Father's blessing. That's the liturgy that God instructed. He gave them specific things to do. That's the liturgy that Jesus is celebrating when he took bread and broke it. And when he took the child and said, this is my blood. He was being obedient. Right? Up until that time and still, the Jews, and this is important too, as far as our understanding of what we do here. Right? When God said, you celebrate this as a memorial. The Jewish memory was not just a matter of like, Remembering something that happened way back when. In the midst of liturgy, these rituals that remember, that recall the work of God done on behalf of the people, they were made present, they believed, to the very events. And so as part of the memorial ritual. Usually the youngest son would ask his father before they eat the Passover lamb, what, what makes this night special? What makes this night different than any other? And even if, if this celebration was done a thousand years after the Exodus, after Moses and the Israelites were freed from Egypt, the father of the house would speak in the present tense. As if he was a witness of that. As if he was the one who delivered. Because so, tonight, son, tonight we are delivered. Tonight God delivered us from slavery in Egypt. So this, this idea of in the midst of liturgy, of participating in the rituals, right, the signs, the symbols, the prayers that are prescribed, that God prescribed, the people recalled what was done. They renewed the covenant. And in the midst of that, they believed that, that the very events were made present in spirit, mystically speaking. And so that's what Jesus is celebrating at the Last Supper. Except for Jesus, he wasn't just remembering back. He was doing something new. He was instituting the new covenant. The new and eternal covenant. And so when we gather at Mass, those are the things that should be the backdrop of what we do. And we hear it in some of the prayers that we say. This idea of, of remembering. That the liturgy that we celebrate that accomplishes the work of our redemption is made present. We remember. We recall. And although it happened 2,000 years ago, just as, just as the Lord in the Old Covenant right, attached that moment of, of deliverance, the greatest blessing that, that the Israelites could have asked for at that point, He attached it to a liturgy, to, to rituals, and told them to remember it, Jesus did the same thing. As he was celebrating that, 
and making something new of it, he attached it to a liturgy, to certain signs and symbols, so that when we get together and we pray, we enact the signs and symbols that have come down to us. It's not merely symbolic. But because of the power that he has attached to it, we are actually made present mystically to the events that happened 2,000 years ago. We are in the upper room at the Last Supper. We are at the foot of the cross. We are at the empty tomb. We stand on the mountain when he ascends. And we are drawn with him in to heaven. Do we realize that? That's what happens every time we get together. No matter if this church is jam-packed and there's people standing out on the street or if I'm in here by myself celebrating Mass. All of that happens. It's a very distinct difference between private prayer, personal prayer, which is good and has its proper place, and what we do here. Communal prayer. Because my private prayer may be powerful, Maybe, depending on where I am with the Lord. But this is guaranteed. It's guaranteed to be the most powerful thing that we do. Because Christ has willed it so. And he has united the power of his suffering, death, and resurrection to everything that takes place here. And the church asks us, right, to participate that was one of the things that at the Second Vatican Council, the document on the liturgy, emphasized that it should not just be the priest, but the entire congregation, the entire people of God, to participate fully and actively and consciously. Meaning, we understand what's taking place. And, and unlike personal prayer, what I can decide what I want to say to God, the church gives us the words. And so, so I have to, to work to pay attention, to focus my mind on the words that I'm saying, to attune my mind to my voice, as the church says, in order that my heart may enter more deeply into it, that active, that full participation, that I may hear and understand and truly celebrate what it is that is taking place, to recognize the gift. Because here's the kicker. This is the most powerful thing that we do. It's the most powerful thing that takes place on the face of the earth, right here. Then how come we're not changed by it? How come the entire planet are not disciples of Christ? If this is the most powerful thing, if what Jesus said is true, We'll go back to Moses. The Lord told him to have every family gather a lamb to sacrifice, to take the blood, put it on the doors, to gather, to eat the lamb, to eat all of it. The people had to cooperate. 
They had to engage. If they didn't, I'm going to be a spectator. I don't feel like going out and killing a lamb today. Maybe I only got one. And I don't feel like getting my hands dirty with that blood, so I ain't putting it on my door. What's going to happen to them? They don't reap the benefit of the blessing. They remain outside of the covenant. And they don't get to share in the fruits of the liturgy, of the work that God is doing on their behalf. And their eldest son would have been struck dead. It's the same thing with us. We can become so familiar with this and get so bored sometimes that if we're not paying attention we're not putting forth effort, if we're not doing our part, trying to listen to the prayers that are being prayed, even if I'm not the one speaking. Even if it's just the priest saying the words this time, right? If I'm checking out and thinking about what's for dinner, you know, or is my girlfriend really going to break up with me? Does she mean that? If my mind is completely elsewhere and I'm not focused, then my heart's closed off too. And the fruit that this is supposed to bear is not born. And so, we praise God for the gift of the holy sacrifice of the Mass, of the liturgy, of the work that He has done on our behalf. We pray for the grace to have a deeper appreciation, a deeper understanding, and a hunger for it. We pray for the grace to engage, to do our part, to recognize that He's the one that is bringing about the work of redemption. It was accomplished 2,000 years ago. We enter there mystically by remembering every time we gather. But we pray for the grace to remember, to be present to all the words, to the fullness of the ritual, to the fullness of the liturgy, in order that the work of redemption that was done on our behalf may be appropriated to me. And that my covenant with God, which began at baptism, that made me his son or daughter, may be renewed. And that I may be blessed to have Christ poured more fully into me so that I can go out, so that I can be dismissed to go forth filled with fire to spread that fire to all those I encounter.